Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. Today, we're going to dive into people and all of the amazing stuff that people do. And Mike Raver is going to guide us on that. But before we go into that, I'd like to say your business matters to us. So hi, business rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan, and I am your host for today. I'm a tenured master business coach, trainer, strategist for almost 20 years now. And I am the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., a coaching practice specializing in guiding small businesses to optimize business performance and leadership. And I'm all about improving the underserved small business sector. So that's you, no matter how small or big your business is, if you're under 499 employees, we're talking about you. And I honestly believe that small businesses are the accelerant of our economy, so much so that I inadvertently founded a number one best-selling business book series for small businesses. Isn't that hilarious? (laughs) But don't worry, we'll share more about that book series later. Most importantly, I want you to understand that, like all good things, I didn't do this alone. I invited tenured experts to join me in the authoring process. And today we have with us one of those tenured experts, Mike Raber. And now, when I say Mike Raber's name, I want you to pay attention to this because in our series, he was an author in three of our books. So he's a three-time number one best-selling business author and a number one international best-selling business author. And it's important for you to know who Mike Raber is because he works with mission-driven micro-businesses to achieve financial liberation while building their community. So he has his hands full. Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yes. And, you know, this is not a new thing for you and I. This is true. <laughs> you you have done uh, ooh, about a dozen plus episodes on our series here. Yes. Yeah, like 16, I think. Something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like so that. That, that's quite a bit because you have quite a bit to share. Indeed. And it's been fun because they cover a lot of different topics. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And today's topic is really, really cool. And it's one that I think is going to hit home for many people because you, in volume four, you wrote about the imposter syndrome, right? Yep. And how our influencer capabilities can be overpowered by imposter syndrome. To be more specific, that's the title of your chapter, right? Yep, very true. And, you know, you did a great job. Now, you authored also in volumes one and two. You took a break on three. You came back for four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and four, just so everyone knows, because the title is the same for all of the books. Volume four is the purple or amethyst colored book in the series. And the, the book series is titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. 
And Mike, you've just been rocking it. Like you said, you've addressed several topics and you're going to take us down another great rabbit hole today that's relevant for all of us. Should we just dive into this and see what we can make happen? Yes, for sure. Okay. Now I have some questions for you. Okay. Can you, can you handle me guiding you a little bit through a conversation? I think so. After all, today's topic has been coachable. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, everyone. So, he, you know, that just set you up. <laughs> Mike, as we continue, uh, and we have explored how the imposter syndrome can be an obstacle that stands in the way for so many small business owners. And when I say small business owners, um, Small Business Administration defines that as one to 499 employees. But there's, a, and most of us don't even think of small business that way because we know once you hit 100, you're doing, you're functioning totally differently, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there's another part, and we talked about this last time, there's a smaller group in the small business sector and they're identified as micro businesses, right? Yep. Okay. So micro businesses, one to officially nine, some people say 16. If we're thinking one to 20, we're about right. And that's, and I, and from all the conversations I've had, people think of small business like that. Is that what you've experienced? Yep, for sure. Okay. All right. So this whole thing, and man, we're covering all of our listeners today. Um, imposter syndrome. It can be an obstacle that stands in our way. And over the last few episodes, you've shared some proven methods for overcoming it. What are you going to share today, Mike? Well, today I'm going to talk about secret number four. As a quick review, for those of you haven't listened to a couple of the other ones, the four secrets, secret number one to overcoming imposter syndrome is own your expertise. Don't fall prey to your insecurities. Secret number two is whether or not your imposter, expert, or influencer lies in your belief about yourself. Secret number three, what your mind can believe through proper conditioning you can achieve. And secret number four, be coachable and trust your mentor or guides. And one of the things I found in picking this, and this topic really came to heart going into last year, and if I only knew the way the year was going to go, it would have been even more timely, so to speak, but it didn't matter whether a person was in one person I interviewed was a partner in a very large corporation. And he experienced imposter syndrome throughout his career. Small businesses, people I've talked to across the board, didn't a matter of how successful they were. They all at some point in their career experienced this, which is why number one, I wanted to talk about this topic, but why I think really of the four secrets, today's topic, be coachable and trust your mentor or guide, especially for the micro business is probably the most important. So I'm really excited today to be having this conversation with everyone. Oh, yes, yes, I agree with you. And everyone now, like we said, Mike has over a dozen or 15 or 16 or maybe 17 (laughs) episodes here. The mini series that Mike has been doing on the imposter syndrome starts with episode 157. So if you would go back in our podcast and look at 157 um, through 
this episode, which is going to be 194, you will find what Mike is referencing here with his, his different secrets and the episodes. Okay. And one we addressed really big last time was on um, mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely a huge part of it. Exactly. So I love this. And I love be coachable and trust your mentors or guides. This has been my, my motto for over 20, 30 years. I was doing this corporate before I started my own business about 20 years ago as a coach. So this, you know, you're, you're singing to me, baby. You're just singing to me. <laughs> yeah. I had your man when I was writing this. <laughs> you probably did because you know that story well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So be coachable and trust your mentors or guides. Would you further, could, could you take us a little deeper into this by what you really mean? Because, you know, everybody's here and they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's the rest of the story, Mike? Yes, definitely. And when I first started, granted, when you hear people talk about being coachable or trusting your mentor or guides, it almost sounds like the same thing. Mm. However, today I'm going to dive deeper into the two and show how they actually are different. But to begin with, let's start with being coachable. Coachable tends to be more specialized around or coaching in general tends to be more specialized around a certain skill set or area of focus. A coach will often provide a certain degree of accountability. There are ways this can show up. It's common as an example to see this in sports. People who play sports have a team coach. Let's say basketball as an example. You have a coach that is coaching the team. Or an athlete may even dive a little bit deeper and have a coach outside of the team that coaches them on a particular skill set. Okay, I'm with you so far. And these coaches help them become more effective players, et cetera. And in sports though, the interesting thing is people wouldn't argue with their coach. They might not like what the coach does, but they do it because they know if they don't do it, they're going to get benched or they're going to, in the profession of sports, if you don't follow the coach, you argue back, there's huge fines to be paid. So they know this. And because of that, they listen to the coaches and they are coachable. Yet in the business world, it amazes me how a person may have a coach they are working with usually at a rather high investment, yet they don't always follow or fully do what the coach is telling them. If asked, in fact, they would probably say they are paying X for the coach. However, I would argue that the true cost comes from not fully listening to or implementing what the coach says. So back to secret number four, are you truly coachable? As an example, I remember years back, I was working with my first business coach and he gave me a list with 10 questions and next to each question was a box. And he and I were talking one day and he asked me one of the questions and I started to go into a story because I was really busy that week and I didn't like the answer that I was about to give him. So I started to go into excuse, excuse and he asked me mid-sentence and says, Mike, do you know why there's a box next to each question? And I paused for a second and said, no, not really. He said, Mike, it's because the box is only big enough for a number. Tell me the number. The number will tell me the story. The box isn't big enough for a story. Give me the number. (laughs) So I thought for a second and said, well, I guess three. He goes, okay, three. Not a very good story. 
if you truly want to reach your result, I suggest you work on that story and improve the number before we talk next time. Mm. So he held me accountable and he didn't allow me to go off on a tangent and dig myself into a hole. He kept me on track with where we were going. Okay. Whereas if a person is coachable, they don't have to worry about becoming an imposter because they will keep learning or growing until they become an expert. In the last episode, I talked about the importance of proper mental conditioning as an example. I talked about how it's important to faith it, F-A-I-T-H, faith it until you become it. Yet ultimately, one can be disciplined and have an ironclad mental conditioning. Yet there still comes a time when one must step out in complete faith and fully trust that outcome. Another great example is Brian Buffini, who became a mentor to me when I had a limousine company years ago. He and I were talking and he asked me a series of questions about my business. And he asked me how much money I had um, grossed that year. And I told him I actually set a goal to gross 100,000, yet I grossed 200,000, yet things didn't seem right. And he asked me a series of other questions and he then said, well, how much did you spend to make the 200,000? And I said, well, uh, 225,000. So he said, wait a minute, you spent 225,000 to make 200,000. Now I thought I was doing everything right. I had a brand new fleet. I doubled my goal. I had all the things in place I thought I had to have, except that my expenses were, one could say a bit out of whack. So he then told me, I, well, I know now why we are having this conversation and I am willing to mentor you. However, you have to do what I ask you to do. If you do what I ask you to do, I would teach you. Are you willing to do that, Mike? And I thought for a couple of seconds, I said, well, yeah, I guess. And he says, okay, the first thing I want you to do is cut out all yellow page advertisement. And I said, but Brian, the yellow pages is what brings people in the door. If I do that, I'm out of business. He smiled and said, Mike, I hate to break it to you, but you're already out of business. You just haven't figured <laughs> that out yet. Right. <laughs> and after thinking about it, he said, well, that's what I want you to do. Do it and call me back or don't do it. Either way, the decision is yours, but I'm not going to mention you unless you do what I ask you to do. Be faithful. So he was a multimillionaire. I was broke. It didn't take too long to figure that one out as far as which I should listen to. So I cut out all my yellow page advertisement, called them up. He didn't walk me through a series of things. And over the next year or two, I got the business out of the red. I was making money. And eventually I was actually able to sell the business. But in order to get to that point, I had to step out and be totally faithful and allow him to be the mentor that he offered to be. I love that. And, you know, your story, Mike, I, and I've heard it many times, hearing it through this lens is different because you weren't just broke. You were in debt. Oh, yeah. Like but you made your dollars. goal, but you made your goal, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's the crazy thing about business is you can make one goal, like your revenue goal, but that doesn't necessarily mean at all that you made your profit goal. And that's the, I see a lot of that happening in um, the last 10 years more than anything else. So I love this because you're, you're talking about surrendering, mm. right? Yeah. Because even though you're doing, quote, all the right things, you're still not getting the better result. You're getting a result, 
but you're not getting the better result, right? Yep, so true. Okay, so um, it would be smart to trust and follow the guidance of one's coach is what you're saying here, yeah, right? Exactly. Okay, because uh, they, they hold some wisdom that you don't. How does that differ from trusting a mentor? Well, a mentor is more of a guide or teacher who will coach or show you how to do something more effectively or acquire a certain skill set. They could be a friend, a boss, or someone who just wants to help you by sharing something that they know or are an expert in. Brian, as an example, helping with the limousine company. Mm -hmm. When one sets out to do something new or step into a new role, it's easy to let imposter syndrome creep in. Even though we are starting something completely new, for whatever reason, people think they have to already be an expert. <laughs> or worse, they compare themselves to others who are doing it, even though that person has been doing this thing for a while. Talk about placing unfair expectations on themselves. It's no wonder why they feel like an imposter. Mm -hmm. However, they just aren't quite there yet. The trick is to borrow the skill sets of others until you master them. In fact, I shared a great story or example of this in the Brilliant Breakthroughs podcast number 167 titled Own Your Expertise, which I highly recommend you listen to because that story really simplifies what I'm trying to say here. Mm -hmm. It does. And when it comes to doing or even teaching something, we have two choices. We can become an expert, which can take a long time, or a reporter of lessons taught by other experts. As an example, Tony Robbins shared at an event I was at that when he was younger, he worked for Jim Rome. Tony was young and he was just starting out at the time. So he shared or acted in a reporter capacity, Jim Rome's teachings. He took what Jim Rome taught, he listened to Jim Rome, and then he shared as if he was a reporter telling a story, what Jim Rome told him and borrowed Jim Rome's, or Jim Rome's expertise. And over time, Tony adopted his own style while continuing to study others' teachings and became the expect the expert he is today. Imagine if Tony Robbins would have said, wow, Jim Rome is amazing. I could never do what he does and just gave up. A lot of people would probably, would probably have been left in the dark. <laughs> I think a lot of people would be left in the dark had he given up. And that's true for all of us. I, I think one of the things we forget is we're all um, coaches, mentors, guides, confidants to other people, no matter mm -hmm. what. And um, we have a responsibility with that, don't we? Yep, yep. so true. Yeah, you know, Mike, I've, I've seen, oh my gosh, 20, just about 20 years of coaching. I've, I've coached executives. I've, I've worked with Fortune 50 companies down to solo entrepreneurs. And, and small businesses. So this is really fascinating because I am always amazed at the person who gives up. Mm. I, 
I can never figure out who it is. And if I think I, it's like, oh, this person's not going to come through. They're the ones who always do. So I don't even pretend I know anymore. But what I do know is how they show up reveals if they're going to give up. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about Tony taking on a reporter's approach to, to um, learn everything he possibly can and organize it in a way that makes sense for him so he can continue to share the message right yeah okay so that is invaluable because if you are in a relationship where you have a guy no matter what you're calling him um it is very important for for you to surrender into experimenting with their wisdom because they know something you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's one of the things that was really sad when corporate America back in the nineties started doing all the downsizing of what was dubbed the gray hair downsize. Mm-hmm. And they, and, and all these organizations lost all of that expertise, all that wisdom was lost because they could bring on uh less expensive employees that had new MBAs. Well, surely they have an MBA. They, they, they know everything. And the companies found out that they lost all of that wisdom. And that's, that's a really sad thing because it's had to be rebuilt over time. And we in small business do, I think where you're taking us, which is we have a problem if if we're engaging with a coach, a guide, a mentor, a confidant, an advisor, whatever the capacity is, somebody to help us when we're in uncharted territory. If we don't slow down and surrender like you did, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't logical for you in the moment, we will lose. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, we can't afford for any small business to lose right now. Right? Right. Yep, that's for sure. I mean, they're the backbone of our economy and globally as well, even more so. Mm-hmm. So this is this is really important. And I know you've seen this play out different ways, haven't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. One of the ways, as an example, when I sit down with the client, I'll often ask them to imagine that my pen is a magic wand that anything is possible. I then asked them, what would they do or try if they knew anything was possible? And it amazes me how once the possibility of failure is taken out of the equation, their confidence and their belief becomes fully alive. In fact, in the book, I shared a story about my daughter who had a basketball tryout. Mm-hmm. And she, in order to make the team, she had to shoot three free throws at least that was the belief she had at the time she never really practiced free throws before so she caused me panic i'm on a business trip at the time and her tryout is in two days just <laughs> dad this is what i have to do life is over in the drama of a third grader so anyway i told her look i can't do anything about it now nor can you so do your homework go to sleep get a good night's sleep and tomorrow after school we'll go to the gym and i'll help you accomplish your goal so I knew that I had a very limited window of time to help her achieve this goal. But I also knew, number one, she was extremely coachable. And number two, she was very faithful. And she knew that I would not guide her wrong. So we went to the gym. 
and I told her to take the ball and walk up to the free throw line and then move forward to the basket until I knew she could effortlessly make the shot. Mm. And she did, swoosh, the ball went in. I then had her walk back to the free throw line, having developed the muscle memory of just making that shot. I told her to close her eyes and envision making that shot, bringing her hands up as if she were going to shoot, feeling the ball release from her hands, flying through the air and effortlessly going into the hoop. And she did. I then asked her to visualize that and go through that mental exercise 100 times, which she did. I then said, okay, good, let's go home. We went home. The next day she went to the tryout. She walked out onto the court. I told her to walk up to the free throw line, close her eyes, go back through what she just did 100 times the night before, but this time open up her eyes and release the ball. Swoosh, the ball went right in. Number two, swish, the ball went right in. Number three, swish, the ball went right in. After the trials were over, the coach came over and said, wow, that was amazing. Do you practice free throws a lot? And I said, no, actually, she never really shot one before. Hmm. And the coach looked amazed and says, but how? She's the only person who made all three in a row. How did she do that? And I said, simple. She didn't know she couldn't do it. Her, her brain believed that it was possible. See, it's amazing that once the possibility of failure, her practicing it and not actually doing it, because I knew if she did, she probably would have missed. Once Her brain didn't know that. Our brain is very powerful and would deliver what we tell it. If our belief is strong enough, it can tell the difference between what's real or false. As another example, there was a story a while back of a train engineer who was sent out to work on this reefer car, and he had to um, test out the... Um, the reefer mortar to make sure that it was working. And as he was in the car working, looking at it, and everything looked to be an operational condition, the door slammed shut and he was locked inside the reefer. Now he's in there for a couple of hours and he's panicking because they can get quite cold. In fact, they're freezers. So people often, you put meat in there to freeze it. And he's thinking, if I don't get rescued, I'm gonna freeze to death in here. And there was nobody around though. It was a weekend and he was there by himself. Day two came in and now he's getting colder and he's really starting to panic. And he was able to uh, muster up enough energy or effort to write a short note saying, I'm freezing, I'm getting colder and colder. I don't think I'll be able to get out. Please know that I love you. And he wrote this note to his family. And I'm sorry that this happened. The next day, everyone went back to work and they found him. And they realized that here he is in this reefer car dead and the autopsy came back that he showed all the signs of freezing to death. However, the odd thing was, was the reefer itself was unplugged from the outside. So he had no way of knowing this. And that in actuality, the true temperature never fell below 55 or 60 degrees. So he should have been perfectly fine, hungry, thirsty, but very much alive. But his subconscious, his mind thought that given the circumstances, likelihood he should freeze to death and he did. So our brain doesn't know what's real and what's false. It can be a very powerful tool if used correctly. And keep in mind the primary job of our brain or mind is survival. However, it will protect us even if it's hurting us like in the case of the reefer scenario and keep us stuck in our comfort zone. Or if used correctly, like how my daughter did it with the free throw example, it can empower us to reach great heights.
Okay, Mike. So, you know, great stories. What you're sharing is how we use our mind, which is definitely uh, a continuing conversation from episode 184 that we did in your mini series, mm-hmm. can either help or hinder us, right? Yep, definitely. Okay, so how's, how are some of the ways that our listeners might be experiencing this? Okay. Well, when it comes to achieving success, it's important to seek out a mentor or a coach. It goes back to secret number four, be coachable. Mm -hmm. For years, even though I had many great mentors in my life, I always, for whatever reason, believed I needed to find a perfect mentor. (laughs) It wasn't until I was much older that I came to realize that I had all the, I had mentors all over the place. I had people, but I also had books, tapes, CDs, etc. In fact, in today's world, knowledge is all over the place. The question is, will you take the knowledge and implement it into your business? Remember this, business owners. Knowledge plus action plus implementation equals the creation of your desired outcome. One more time. Knowledge, which is everywhere, plus action, that's on us plus implementation, we must put it into practice, equals the creation of your desired outcome. Up to 80% of our actions come from our subconscious mind. So that even if we think we're on track, our subconscious mind may have a different agenda, which is why we have to continually be aware of the patterns and habits to which we expose ourselves. These beliefs can come from a combination of our past experiences, potential influences, our environment, religious influences, school days, the times we were in school, teachers, coaches, and last but certainly not least, failures that we've had. Mm -hmm. Then again, there's our present conditions, peer groups, our friends, et cetera, financial situation, How are we holding up in our business and life? Physical well-being, are we healthy? Media influences, are we watching stuff that grows and generates and inspires us or not? It has been said that people's habits are a combination of the average of the five people they spend the most of their time around. Just kind of food for thought there. We need to ask ourselves, what's the worst and the best? that we have learned from our past. Then we need to bless our past and for the best that has happened and forget the rest, which isn't as easy as it sounds. However, in doing so, three great tools for doing this is, or developing a driven mindset is reframing, content reframing, and context reframing as an example. Okay, whoa, take yes. a time out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please take a time out because this this is awesome. So, you know, I, I, I want to just pull back a little bit before you dive into the next concept, okay? Perfect. Um, because I am sure our listeners are like, wait, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm up for it, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> I love what you're saying. Knowledge plus action plus implementation equals the creation of your desired outcome. So important for everyone to get that. 
um, in, in the book series, I wrote about how we are, for the first time in history, we are in a situation where we have a surplus of knowledge. Okay. But that doesn't mean we're all successful because if we were, we would be rich, we'd be thin, we, mm. <laughs> we would look like um, celebrities and, and I, we could go on to all the successes mm. that everybody wants. So yeah. the key is what I said is we're at a deficit in the application of that knowledge being applied, right? Mm -hmm. And you're saying it in a, in a different fashion, mm. but it's, it's still the same thing, which is knowledge is part of it, but it's the action and then implementing, you know, that to bring about whatever it is you want to achieve. And we have all of these influences um, that are going to support that or not support that. And it can be past and present influences, right? Yeah, so true. Okay. And, and that, that's huge for us to understand. And oftentimes our own habits are our hindrance. Mm. And I think that's what you're about to say now with developing, developing a successful driven mindset, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to set us up with framing, content reframing, and context reframing? Yeah, that is correct. Okay. All right. So now that we took a pause and we got everybody's brain to go, oh, okay, I'm with you. <laughs> okay. You want to tell us about this reframing thing that, well, I know yeah. about, but some of our listeners might not, and you have a slightly different way of sharing it. So I, I love this. Let's go, Mike. Let's go. Perfect. And be, as I begin, just think about um, reaction versus proaction. Got it. Be reactive or proactive. So reframing. Reframing is changing the way a person evaluates the meaning of an action. As an example, I was on my way to Madison the other day and I was on 94. And I'm in the middle lane driving along and there's nobody in the right lane, nobody in the left lane, there's a car tailgating me. I was like, okay, what's the point of this? So I slow down so the person could go around me. As the person goes around me, she flips me the finger. <laughs> now, needless to say, the first instinct was flipping the finger back. Mm -hmm. The second instinct was to, to, I don't know what, my emotions started to go, what are you talking about? You tailgate me, you do that, why? That and go into victim mode, right? Allow her to take control of how I was going to react to the situation. But through reframing, I said, well, I'm not gonna give her that power. I don't know, maybe she had a bad day. I don't understand why she did that nor do I choose to care. I want to arrive in Madison safely and in a good state of mind. I don't have time to deal with why somebody is frustrated on the freeway. So I ignored it, wished her a good day and went on about my day. Now content reframing, which is taking the exact situation and changing what it means. Example, she flips me the finger, I could react angrily or I could say, oh, that's odd. Do you suppose that she looked at me and she was telling me, wow, you're number one, dude. I love your car and <laughs> gave me the wrong finger. I, <laughs> I love that. So I chose to take that as the new reality because it fit better with the mood I wanted to stay in. Okay. Content reframing. 
you yeah. change the content of the circumstance. Right. Okay. All and right. The reaction was over which finger she was holding up. So I chose to assume it was number one versus the other, which I won't show you, even though you can't see what I'm holding up. <laughs> <laughs> then there's okay. context reframing which is drastically changing the way you see, hear, or represent the situation. This means taking an experience that seems to be bad or undesirable and showing how the same behavior or experience is actually an advantage in another context. For those of you who are like me, who watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer many times growing up, Rudolph, people teased him, or the reindeers teased him, because his nose was unusual. It had this funny red glow to it until there was a snowstorm and there was a threat of canceling Christmas. And his nose became a beacon for the other reindeer to follow. And because of that, he was able to carve his way through the snow and save Christmas. So it was changing the experience. Or another example, which is kind of truer to the other two I just gave you, I'm on my way to Madison to give a presentation. And the irony about it was my presentation title was staying true to one's intentions. <laughs> now, my intention was to show up in Madison relaxed, energized, and fired up, ready to deliver a presentation that will positively change the mood of the room. I was pissed off because this person just gave me a finger for no reason, and she was tailgating me to boot. However, instead of letting you get upset, I did the other two examples that I told you, and then I said, okay, I would just give it a blessing on a silver platter. I now have a topic, an example for my presentation. And I took that situation and said, imagine reactive versus proactive. How do you show up in your business? Are you reactive? Are you proactive? And I turned that one situation into a 10 minute presentation that got an applause. That is context or content reframing and okay. context reframing. Right, right. And you know, somebody in that same circumstance somebody had said to me my my mentor had said Maggie maybe they're on their way to the hospital mm -hmm. maybe something happened you will never know so just bless them and carry on and I was just like, that is wisdom. And I know how to apply it. So, you know, yeah. you did the exact same thing after a moment. So very, very cool. And listeners, it, it can be this simple. Mm -hmm. It can be this simple. It doesn't have to become a thing. Let it go. Yeah, so true. And both types of reframing, content or context reframing, alter your internal representations by resolving a pain or conflict and therefore putting you in a more resourceful state. It's a tool, a very powerful tool if used correctly. When your belief or mindset is strong, you have the ability to think logically and move through any challenges. When your self-esteem is low, you tend to freeze or have trouble moving through challenges, hence imposter syndrome being so dangerous. Another challenge that can arise though is if your pride is too strong, you may tend to rely on yourself and may close yourself off from opportunities to learn or get support, being uncoachable. Mm. However, if you are open and coachable, this is when you are most teachable and open to new ideas. Hence why for ultimate growth in one's business, 
it's so important to have a coach, mentor, or both in our life. I have, as an example, a few different coaches in my life, one of which is you. And without you and my other coaches in my life, I would find myself going down many rabbit holes that I shouldn't be in, and people like yourself keep me moving in the right direction. Being autobiographical here, I mean, I know most of the average bear, and I still need coaches, so why would any of us be any different? Right. And that, you know, that's true for all of us. Um, I love this. So what you're saying is for whatever reason, we, the extremes are not going to serve us. You, you can be so independent that you lose mm-hmm. and you can be so caught up in the woe, and that can play out a lot of different ways as well. And you can lose. Yeah. Okay, so this this is important, right? Yeah, so true. When you figure good or bad, our words and beliefs trigger pictures. Mm. Pictures trigger emotions, and emotions trigger behavior. Again, our words trigger, or our words and beliefs trigger pictures. P- our pictures trigger emotions, and the emotions trigger behavior. So here are some steps in changing our habits and beliefs. Number one is awareness. We need to know what to change. Number two is understanding. We need to know where the habits and beliefs came from, kind of going back to that list I talked about earlier. And reconditioning, we need to replace old habits or beliefs with better new ones. Like I was sharing in our last interview, our mind is more complex than any machine known to man. Right. Yet it is as simple as a computer on your desk. If you put good stuff in, good stuff will come out. If you put <laughs> bad stuff in, it won't run efficiently or effectively. So monitor what you say to yourself and continue to put more good stuff in. And in doing so, the clarity about what you really want in life will become essential. It will give you the ability to act. And through acting, it's very important that you continue to unlearn old harmful beliefs and continue to replace them with new positive ones, which again, is something a good coach or mentor can help you do. Absolutely. All right, Mike. So to wrap this up, because now you've taken us everywhere, Mm-hmm. I know you're going to take us right back to the beginning now. Why is it so important for small business owners to work with a coach and have different mentors in their life? Yeah. And a lot of it is the reason why I wanted to share the exercises on mindset, et cetera, is because it's important to, yes, we can do a lot of that ourselves. And I gave you some exercises on how to do that. But at the end of the day, It's why it's so important to have a coach or mentor in your life and your business and to be coachable and trust what they say and to do it because they see things that we may not see. Like you talked about earlier, there's Mm -hmm. things that we ourselves may try and we, we can't fix what we don't know. Right. But they can give us that guidance. And if I'm going to tell you to be coachable and trust your mentor and guides, Number one, I should give you part of the framework on how to do that. But most importantly, I guess, I can only recommend that you find a coach or coaches, a mentor, 
continue to grow yourself, work on your own beliefs, and then trust and do what they tell you to do. And you will keep out of your own way and on track to reaching your goals. Amen to that all day long. Thank you, Mike. What what a nice way to wrap up your mini series on the imposter syndrome and how it impedes us. Thank you. Um, This is your last episode with us on this particular podcast. And everybody always wants to know something about the author, right? So I have a question for you. You Mm -hmm. ready? It is. I am. Okay. All right. If you could do something that brings you joy, and and I I know you're a strong family man, so that's not going to (laughs) count. This is a personal you thing. What is it that you would do? Something that brings you sheer joy. Driving, being in the open road, because I can put a CD in on something that I want to listen to, or I can listen to a podcast. I can truly be by myself and recharge my mind, recharge my body and enjoy what's going on around me. The cornfields, the cows, the horses, all the really cool stuff out there. And in the perfect world, I love driving trucks. I have to say, and there's no better feeling than being behind uh, Detroit doing 65 with 13 gears, keeping you moving forward. And Mike's talking semi land there, everyone. And <laughs> oh, I know yes. that because my husband's a trucker too, that we've had many crazy conversations about big trucks. <laughs> so, all right. So the open, you're an open road kind of a guy. Yep. Okay, cool. So that's expansive. And while you're out there doing that, you're, you're also being productive by giving yourself some good input. Wow. So, so you do practice what you preach. Woohoo. Mm-hmm. definitely okay thanks for sharing leading by example there there all right and listeners this is how you can learn more engage with number one international best-selling business author mike raber start by reading chapter five in volume four of the book brilliant breakthroughs for the small business owner and remember that's the purple covered one and at the end of his chapter mike has something that you can do to Go ahead and simplify your small business success. Mike, you want to share what's at the end of your author's page? Um, I have a lead magnet with different um, exercises and lessons that they can download and go through. Okay. Track. All right. And that for this particular one, it's, it's about learning the four secrets to overcoming imposter syndrome, right? Yeah. Okay. And we'll have the links for all of that. Um, so don't worry about that. It'll all be in the show notes. Plus at the end of the chapter, Mike also has plenty of social media handles for you to connect with him as well. But perhaps the easiest way to do it, especially if you're already on our app, uh, go download our app in your app store. And the title of it is Brilliant Biz, B-I-Z, book, Brilliant Biz book. And when you download that, you'll see that we have everything about the book, all all of them in the series, as well as all of the authors, um, the events that we do collectively and individually, as well as, oh my gosh, (laughs) Um, an ask an expert section. So you could go to the app, 
uh, and then click on ask an expert and find Mike Raber's name and type him a question. And it'll go directly to him. No one else will see it. And he will respond back to you because, you know, he just shared a lot of cool stuff here that might prompt you to think about something and be coachable. Huh? How'd you like that, Mike? I love it. All right. Um, and the other thing is on there, we have a community page for small business owners. So please go ahead and check out what we have there. It's sort of like a, a, a Facebook wall. And there's different posts and you can make comments and like, so feel free to do that. And Mike, um, you've been on a ton of episodes. That's a technical term, a ton. <laughs> I want to thank you for all of your wisdom sharing. And it, this, this feels like a little, a little sad, like this is our last one. <laughs> But maybe we'll pull you back for, you know, a leadership uh, conversation since you're a leader in our community. Most definitely. I'm always here for you. All right. Um, thank you for your time and wisdom sharing today, Mike. You are welcome. Thank you. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your business and yourself. Shine brightly until next week.